It's June the 3rd, 2022, and if you are here for some summer sizzle in your life, oh baby, do we have you covered. Today, we are sharing with you part two of the Romance Starter Pack that Rebecca and I created just for you awesome. So yes, I have Rebecca back with me today. Hello, Rebecca. Hi. Hello, hello, hello. (laughs) I think we've gotten a really great response to our Romance Starter Pack so far. You know, when we recorded that whole episode, we did not know at the time. We were lost in time and space. We had no idea. We knew it was going long. We did not know that it was over an hour and a half of us just raving about romance books. So here we are, right? (laughs) And I would argue that we even cut it short. You know, we did. It could have been three hours long. (laughs) Yes. Towards the end, we were kind of like, oh, my gosh, we were trying to like cram all of this in, which you will hear today in part two. I just I'm still stunned and in disbelief that we had that many words. But Here it is. This is part two of what we began last week. So if you haven't listened to part one, you got to go back, listen to part one, check out those romance books that we gave you in part one. And now today we're getting to the very, very spicy stuff and you are going to be delighted, I hope. But we did want to come in and give you guys your weekly dose of awesome. We did not want you to miss out on having a brand new awesome of the week It turned out to be particularly timely for you, Rebecca, that we were getting to do a new Awesome of the Week. You're like pretty much vibrating with excitement. Beaming with excitement and with nerves. (laughs) I feel so much pressure right now. (laughs) This is about her Awesome of the Week. I'm real excited about mine, too. So who knows how long this Awesome of the Week segment is going to go. I know we have words. And I wanted to say this, too. If you are listening and you're here for the brand new Awesome of the Week, but Romance books are just not your thing for whatever reason. No worries. I do want to send you over and have you check out our Patreon because just a couple of days ago for our superstars, sort of awesome regular Julie Tupperman and I recorded a brand new May awesome overflow. And you guys know if Julie and I are talking, she has got a ton of great recommendations. So like if this whole romance book thing is not your thing, go sign up to become a superstar and check out that full-length May Overflow because it is filled with all kinds of good stuff. So we've got you covered no matter what you're into. I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Welcome back, awesomes, to the show that loves to support you in becoming smart, strong, and social. And if you've been looking for amazing women to connect with and a community that will support you no matter what you're into, no matter your age, no matter your stage of life, I'm really thrilled to tell you that you've come to the right place. And if you are enjoying Sorta Awesome, please make sure you've subscribed so you never miss a new episode from us. And come join one of our online communities, too. That's where all of the great community connections happen, is in our online world, whether it's on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show or in our Sorta Awesome Facebook group. It's summertime. You know you need somebody to support you to get you through these long summer days, and we are there for you. So go over to Facebook, search for Sorta Awesome Hangout. We'd love to have you join us. All right, Rebecca, I mean, it's Awesome of the Week time. You know this is the time in the show. This is how we start the show every week, the way we always do, Awesome of the Week, where we talk about whatever's making life a little bit more awesome right now, books, TV show, podcasts, products, and sometimes, Rebecca, sometimes it's music, and one particular music artist, musician. Maybe he supersedes any title that you can give him. I don't know. I need to hear all about your Awesome of the Week. My Awesome of the Week is Harry Styles' newest album, Harry's House. It came out in May, and I am obsessed. (laughs) Okay, look at you. You did it. You got through the first sentence without hyperventilating. (laughs) Okay, I feel some pressure because how do you summarize Harry's album? For those who have zero interest in Harry, like how can I entice you? For those who have deep-rooted interest in Harry... How can I satisfy your need? So I have a little mix, okay? Also, you gave me permission to make this a little bit of a supersized awesome of the week. 
because I did. Yes. Yes. Okay. So yes. I just want to say that, that I had permission mm-hmm. to, to use some words here. Okay. <laughs> so I have two different things for you. First, I have fun little tidbits, and then we're going to dig into something that's a little bit more meaty about the album. So okay. first, first of all, I just have to say that if you have not listened to the album, if it has no interest of you for you, you might want to reconsider because... Harry is the first British artist since the Beatles to have four songs in the Billboard Top 10 for the U.S. So all at the same time. Yes. Like it's all right now. Yes. He has four (gasps) songs in the top 10 right now. Oh, oh, my heavens. And I've been so out of the loop. I literally did not know that. And I also have not listened to a single song. So I am here for all of the tidbits I'm excited. I'm loving it. He's doing something right. Yes. You know, he is literally trending right now. (laughs) So if you want, (laughs) if you care at all about what the kids these days are listening to, it's obviously not just the kids. It's everybody since the Beatles, the first British artist to have four songs in the top 10 for the Billboard US. I'm into it. Okay. Another little fun thing about Harry is that he seems to be kind of obsessed with adding these little extra sounds or like voice notes to some of his music so in his song cherry on one of his previous albums at the very end there is this voice memo from one of his ex-girlfriends speaking in french on the phone and you can just hear her like saying these really simple phrases in french just interesting conversation on the phone yeah and he carries that out again in harry's house in the song as it was which is a huge the number one song right now okay the very beginning of the song, there's this audio clip of this little kid saying, Harry, we want to say goodnight to you. <laughs> and it's his goddaughter who called and left him a voicemail. Aww. He explained it in an interview that they were going through this phase where they were calling like every night to say goodnight to Harry. And he didn't answer the phone and she let him have it. Oh, pleased that he wasn't answering the phone. <laughs> so... That's just this cute thing that he carries out and like a couple other examples, but I'll spare those. But that's just something that's really adorable, especially about this like hit song that's out. Yeah. Is that his goddaughter's voice is at the very very beginning. Yes. So another theme that I see really playing out in Harry's house is this idea of things being in reverse. So there's a lot of reverse imagery and hints that are happening. The album artwork is him in a living room with everything upside Ah, down. Yes, I see that. And Mm -hmm. I think that that kind of plays into the symbolism that things are kind of backwards and upside down Mm. and not the way that you expect them to be. Yes. And for the song, as it was, I personally believe that the entire music video is in reverse and that if you watch it with that in mind, if you watch it like backwards... He's like light and like childlike. And then as he goes and experiences, because I believe that song is about his parents' divorce that he went through. Okay, And that if you watch it at the end or if you watch it in reverse at the beginning, he's kind of like light and childlike and he's dancing and he's having fun. And then as that trauma starts to build on him, he like adds layers of clothing and starts to like put on these layers of protection covering himself and everything becomes a lot more serious. And at the end, he's in this like business atmosphere with these adults around. Mm. And it's just, you know, it was just so beautiful. Mm. (laughs) It's actually a very, very tragic song. And I believe that the woman who's in the music video with him is supposed to represent his sister. Okay. And if you listen to the lyrics of As It Was, it's actually a very devastating song. And it's just beautiful. Okay. Uh, Thank you for preparing me. I, I need always, I need content warnings ahead of emotional damage. So thank you for that. <laughs> so there's also this theory that the entire album itself is in reverse. Really? And so today, yes. So today for the first time, I listened to a playlist of the entire album in reverse. Okay. And I actually started with the last song of his previous album. And when you play that and then go into this album in reverse, it it just makes so much sense. Okay. I want that. Things flow really well. I want to have that experience for myself. I'm going to do that first. I'm going to do that before I do anything else. That's where I'm going to (laughs) start. Okay. 
excellent. Also, there's also some reverse lyrics, actually, in the songs themselves. There's a song called Boyfriend. And in the intro, there's a segment that's in reverse. And when you play it the right way, you can hear the line, you're back at it again. It's like a lyric straight from the song. So there's so much of this reverse imagery that's really kind of beautiful. Wow. Wait, I was unprepared. I was unprepared for the layers here. I feel like if you were bringing me a Taylor Swift album, I would be completely prepared for layers and for Easter eggs and for this and for that and for conspiracy theories and non-conspiracy theories. Yes, yes. I was unprepared that Harry's house would contain the multitudes that apparently it does. I was not prepared either. And I also was 100% not prepared for this next part that I want to talk about, which is content warning emotional okay <laughs> thank you, you yes for that. thank you <laughs> so one thing that harry does so well is to spread the message of love and acceptance and this album carries that same theme and as ridiculous as it might sound i really believe that it has the potential to save lives mm-hmm. there are a lot of people in the world who hate themselves who feel lost and alone. And Harry's album has three songs I really think have the potential to speak to those hurting souls and to potentially save lives. So the first one being As It Was, talking about the trauma of walking through a divorce. The second one being Boyfriends, which is this beautiful acapella ballad that speaks about toxic relationships. And I think back to myself when I was in high school and experiencing a relationship that was not healthy at all, extremely emotionally manipulative. This is the kind of psalm that could have been written for me at that time. Oh, yeah. And I think it has the potential to just have somebody validate what they're going through and potentially pull them out of something toxic. And it's incredibly beautiful. So I'm actually going to play a clip. Okay. And one thing that I really like about Harry's sound in this clip, too, is that he does all of the harmony work, which makes it so that it's a really, like, unified sound, but has a lot of depth to it. Because he himself sang all the parts for it. Okay. So here, let me me play for you a little touch of Boyfriends. Boyfriends. They think you're so easy They take you for granted They don't know They're just misunderstanding Stunningly gorgeous. That is so beautiful. It is one of my most favorite songs on the entire album. Yeah. He's saying that song for the very first time at Coachella, which is this massive, massive music festival. And like thousands upon thousands upon thousands were in the crowd. And it was the very, very first time that he had played it or performed it anywhere. And people who were at the concert have reported back that like, Everyone was silent. <gasps> Ooh, wow. There was no noise as a crowd of just thousands upon thousands yeah. just silenced themselves to hear what he was singing. Oh, wow. It's so incredibly beautiful. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And then the next psalm, the psalm that nearly makes me cry every time that I think about it or I hear it, is called Matilda. And Harry has said in some interviews that he has said the phrase, we all know someone who we have lost through suicide. Mm. And I just, he has said that this psalm is what he would like to say to somebody that he knows, like somebody in his actual life who he sees is struggling. Mm -hmm. And I just, I can't even, I'm just going to play the clip because it's just, it's just so powerful. You can let it go. You can throw a party full of everyone you know. Not invite your family cause they never showed you love You don't have to be sorry for leaving and growing up You can see the world following the seasons anywhere you go You don't need a reason cause they never showed you love 
don't have to be sorry for doing it on your own. Okay, well, I'm crying. (laughs) Okay, so let me just read to you again a little bit of the part that I find to be so powerful in that. You can let it go. You can throw a party full of everyone you know and not invite your family because they never showed you love. You don't have to feel sorry for leaving and growing up. You can see the world. Listen, I do not come from a toxic family, but there are so many out there. And I think that one thing that I have learned as I have gotten older and have expanded my horizons is that not every family is a safe space Mm. for so many reasons, so many reasons. And this concept of Harry saying to his fans, perhaps that there's life beyond what is toxic right now. And there is life worth living beyond what is in your home right Mm -hmm. now is so incredibly powerful that this is why I think this album truly has the potential to save lives. And this isn't an uncommon theme for Harry. There is a song in his last album called Treat People with Kindness, which traditionally has not been my most favorite song of his. But there's this line that it took me a long time to figure out. But it says, and if all our friends pass away, it's okay." And I believe that what he's actually saying is not if every single one of our friends dies, but if those friends fall to the wayside Mm -hmm. if those friendships friendships. die Mm -hmm. if the friendships die we'll be okay yeah and i feel like my eyes have been opened to learning about and seeing the importance of healthy boundaries and how many toxic relationships there are in the world Mm -hmm. and in people's homes and in friendships and it's okay in order for you to love yourself Friendships need to go. Yeah. It's okay if you need to put up boundaries with your family. Mm -hmm. It's okay to choose to love yourself. And that's what I really believe is one of the core messages of Harry Styles. Listen, I think some people probably think like I'm crazy how much I obsess over this guy. But like there's so much depth to it. And like this is part. Yeah. Yeah. This is such a huge part of it is I can see and, and I hear fans say really like beautiful things about how much Harry means to him, like on social media or whatever. He's speaking to a generation that really needs a lot of love. And I just think that this album has a lot of potential for that. And I'm I'm loving it. And there's also some really, really fun upbeat numbers as well. There's one song called Grape Juice, which just to end on another little fun Harry tidbit. In the fandom, we call him our fruit man. <laughs> and that is because he's like obsessed with fruit. A lot of fruit themes in the Harry music. <laughs> yes. Kiwi, cherry, watermelon, sugar. Yep. And on this album, he released a song called Grape Juice. So it just like the fruit man strikes again. There's just so much to love and to admire. So <gasps> Harry's house. Okay. Awesome of the week. Highly recommend it. I am into it. I will be listening straight away. I promise you that. I really am. I'm going to do the reverse thing. I love stuff like that. So fascinating. Okay. I will put links in the show notes for being able to listen to it in reverse. Perfect. As well as maybe a few other like fun little hairy tidbits. Please do. Bring it on. We need all the happiness that we can find right now. For sure. For sure. Okay. That was a supersized Oscar of the Week, and I love it. I do have something that I also need to rave about, which I also know is a very niche thing that people feel big feelings about. And I know you're not one of them, Rebecca, so thank you for humoring me. (laughs) (laughs) Bring it on. Okay. My Oscar of the Week this week is Stranger Things Season 4, Volume 1. I will shut up about how much I love this show when my heart stops beating, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh my gosh. So in case you are unaware or unfamiliar, Stranger Things is an American science fiction horror drama series. It was created by the Duffer Brothers, Matt and Ross Duffer, and it streams on Netflix. 
So you all may remember season one dropped back in July of 2016. Doesn't that feel like that was like another time and place? July 2016. It really does. <laughs> it really, really does. And I will say for the awesomes listening, I haven't seen a single episode <laughs> of, this, of this show. I understand that it has a lot of hype, but it's the sci-fi yep. horror combo that I don't I like know. being spooked. I'm so jumpy. I can't I understand it. that. And listen, I'm a highly sensitive person, and normally this would not be my thing, but Stranger Things is just the right blend of nostalgia and storytelling. It's firmly rooted in the mid-80s. I know you're five years younger than me, so you may not have the like visceral connection to some of this that someone as old as I am. <laughs> on the eve of her 45th birthday would have. But truly, I'm going to talk more about why I love this so much. But just to go back to like give you the context again, season one was July 2016. Season two, we got the next year, October 2017. Season three, we had to wait a little bit. Season three came out in July of 2019. And then, dun, 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 pandemic. (laughs) So there's been a long pause on production of this show and many others that people have been looking forward to their return. Okay, so season four, volume one, for whatever reason, I don't know if it was pandemic related, if this was a Netflix thing, I don't know how or why it's like this. But season four, they split into two volumes. Volume one covers episodes one through seven. And then volume two, which will come out July 1st is just episodes eight and nine. I don't know why they're doing it this way. But it works because the journey that you take from episode one to seven of this season is a complete wild ride in the best way. So season four picks up with the Stranger Things kids, Will, Mike, Dustin, Lucas, Max, Eleven, who's going by Jane now. They've all just started high school. And just in case you thought that high school drama would be the most challenging thing they have to face, having battled and killed monsters in past seasons... I mean, that's kind of true. They are all kind of having a really gnarly start to high school. Again, highly relatable for so many people. But I will tell you, like things get turned back into the supernatural realm really quickly right in episode one. Now, I'm not going to spend too much time going into the plot because by season four, honestly, Rebecca, like if if you're like you or others who haven't gotten into the series, you're probably not going to at this point, right? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. I always like to keep an open mind, but nah, sounds scary. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, it, it is scary, but the first three seasons for me were scary and horror show in a way that was like so campy and so 1980s scary movie. I could handle it and I loved it. I mean, it was very, I don't know. It was just, it was just like over the top. You could definitely keep a firm sense of like, this isn't real. This is so big, so monster. It's not, for me, I just didn't get that upset by it. Now I do want to say and give a definite content warning. Season four, the opening, okay, the whole season, I will say, more than the first three season really deals with not just the horrors, like traditional horrors, like monsters, it really makes you confront the horrors of humanity. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like how terrible and just villainous that humans can be to each other. The opening scene of season four is so violent and so upsetting that I had to look away at times. That is the only scene in this entire series that is so realistic that it was really upsetting for me. Now, it does set the stage for a huge plot point that unravels throughout the first seven episodes of this season. So it's really an important moment. It's not gratuitous in any means. It's like really important to the storytelling. But it it was really traumatic, like to go from this show that has always been like scary in a fun way to scary in an upsetting way. Now, having said all of that, even as it's exploring how terrible humans can be, but also how resilient humans can be. Rebecca, I have to say, this is the best season of this show so far. It's so good. It's so rewarding. It's so satisfying. Prior to watching this season, I would have said, and I've said for a long time, my favorite TV series ever is Lost. But I do have to say, I think Stranger Things has edged out Lost, which has been in my heart for, you know, over a decade. (laughs) Wow, that's an incredible endorsement. It really is. It really is. I feel like the Duffer Brothers have been able to do what Lost really just could never make land, and that is to take these characters on such a development arc 
that is so rich. It's so rewarding. The emotional payoff is so satisfying. And the way that they really weave together the plot and storytelling is truly mind boggling. It's so good. It's serving Nightmare on Elm Street. It's serving The Empire Strikes Back. It's giving Stephen King's Carrie. But there's also all of these themes of belonging and kind of going back to what you were saying about Harry's album, like really surfacing a lot of ideas about identity, belonging, family, found family, a lot of really important themes. And it's all against this backdrop of you know, the science fiction and in these horror themes, but it works so well. There's also a very, very rad playlist on Spotify that I will link to. It's the official Stranger Things playlist. If you are suddenly hearing Kate Bush's 1985 hit, Running Up That Hill, everywhere this summer, you can thank Stranger Things for that. Oh my gosh, it's so good. So I'll throw a few links into the show notes for people to go read and check out as well. So good. Oh, fantastic. Yes. All right. I do want to give a huge content warning. Big, big little ears are not prepared for this conversation warning for part two of the romance starter pack. Right, Rebecca? (laughs) I don't think we're very graphic. No, we're not graphic. But some of the themes that we touch on are spicy. Well, yes, it's not bedtime family storybook recommendations (laughs) by any means. Nope. It it really shouldn't be that we would not advise that. Now, for your own personal bedtime reading, then, by all means. <laughs> 18 plus, 18 plus. 18 plus, for sure. So we're going to get to part two of the Romance Starter Pack that we had previously recorded. We're so excited to bring you these spicy recommendations for your summer 2022. We'll get to that when we come right back. You guys, it's wedding weekend for my sister and sort of awesome regular Emily. And oh my word, the to-do list is so long to get her and Matt to the altar. But one thing we don't have to do is spend time and money at the nail salon because we can trust our manicures to Olive and June. Olive and June's Manny system is the ultimate secret behind salon perfect nails at home. It's all in one. There's no guessing, no messy nails, and no salon price tag. As you have heard me raving about, I am now a total convert to Olive and June's Manny system. I have gone from having perpetual bare nails to my nails looking gorgeous every day because their Manny system gave me every single tool I need to make gorgeous nails happen at home. And you may think you have everything you need to do your nails at home, but do you have the poppy? Because if you don't have Olive and June's poppy tool, you are missing the best nail invention ever. No more messy nails. In fact, I've had people stop and ask me where I got my nails done, and it just tickles me to tell them that I did them myself. You guys, if I can do great nails at home, you can too, and you should. Visit oliveandjune.com slash awesome for 20% off of your first Manny system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash A-W-E-S-O-M-E for 20% off of your first Manny system. Okay, friends, go back in time with me. Think of teenage Meg, excited about a pool party at a friend's house, spending all that time getting ready to go. And then teenage Meg gets in the water and instant searing pain on my legs, especially around my knees, because sadly, my teenage self had to make do with razors meant for men. And so I had cuts all over my legs. We didn't have Billy razors in the 90s, y'all, but what a time to be alive, right? Because now anyone can get Billy razors that are designed for womankind, made to hug your curves and crannies. You get five precision blades for a close, smooth shave. So don't spend another summer with a subpar shave. The starter kit gives you the reusable razor handle in a bunch of cute shades, two blade refills, and that cult favorite magnetic shower holder, all for $9 flat because shipping is free. This razor has won multiple razor awards. It's gotten rave reviews from places like Cosmo and Glamour, and it has over 10,000 five-star reviews. I know I will never use another brand of razor again, and my own teenage daughters will never have to know the pain of swimming with razor cuts because they are super into those Billy razors too. Go to mybilly.com slash awesome to get the best razor you will ever own for only $9 plus you're supporting this show. You get free shipping always when you go to mybilly.com slash awesome. That's spelled my B-I-L-L-I-E dot com slash awesome. That's mybilly.com slash awesome. 
Okay, we are back. Rebecca and I have two categories left. I like to call this next one spicy but skimmable because as Rebecca said at the top of the show, it's going to have some more explicit details about sex, but it's not so much of the book and the plot and what's happening in the story that you can't just skim through it. And I guess we could have said this at the top. There's a variety of reasons for why people may not be into the specific and explicit sex scenes, whether it's like religious reasons or personal preference, neurodiversity reasons, triggers. There's all kinds of reasons why people would not be in to specific sex scenes. And we are absolutely open and embracing of all of those readers and approaches. But this next category of books, they do tend to handle it in a way that you can skim through the sexy stuff and still get the main gist of what's happening in the book, right? Yes, most definitely. So the first one on my list is Whiteout by Adriana Anders. Now, this is also outside of the rom-com genre. This I would call a suspense, a thriller, a survival trope, because the book takes place in Antarctica, and we have Angel and Ford. Now, Angel works on a research base along with Ford. And it's a bit of a grumpy sunshine situation, Meg, so I think you might like it. Mm-hmm. But something goes wrong, and Angel ends up accidentally being left behind when the base is clearing out because people only stay on base for a certain number of weeks or months out of the year, and then everybody moves out. You know, it's Antarctica, right? It's crazy right, yeah. down there, okay? <laughs> so yeah. she accidentally gets left behind. And in the midst of that, she uncovers the secret that there was a sample found that has a virus in it. Now, here's where I'm going to give everybody just a little bit of a trigger warning for COVID. Oh, no. Okay. (laughs) Because this, this might hit a little too close to home, depending on where you are in your COVID anxiety journey. But there is the possibility that this virus could be used as bio-warfare if put into the wrong hands. So Angel and Ford together try to protect the sample that has this deadly virus in it and keep it away from the bad guys who want to release it to the planet. Now, this book is not about COVID. It was written and published before COVID, but you know... I yes, know, a little, <laughs> yeah, a little <laughs> a skittish. Little weary. So yes, that's, mm-hmm. that's your trigger warning. I will say the book is part of a series. We have our happily ever after at the end, okay? But the story, the overarching story with the bad guys, is not fully resolved at the end. Okay, which I say with a little bit of hesitation. If that's gonna bother you, I finished the book and was like, okay, that's fine. I don't feel like I need to read the next one. I felt like I had enough closure. But I also say that as an encouragement, if you are kind of concerned that we're going to get to a point where the virus is released and like everybody, Mm, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't quite go there. Okay, so it's mostly this fight for survival of fleeing the bad guys as Ford and Angel trek off across the tundra of Antarctica. Okay, yeah. It's crazy. I was a little distracted by how cold it was. <laughs> I was a little yep. bit like, this sounds terrible. I don't know about this. But you know what? If you are sweating. I was going to say. If you're, just like, <laughs> if you're like on the beach and you need a little bit of a coldness to cool uh-huh. you down, why not read about people Fighting for survival in Antarctica. (laughs) Seriously, I think peak summer would be a perfect time to read a story where the setting is Antarctica. Perfect. Okay, but I love the book because it does have that suspense trope to it, that survival trope, that will they make it, won't they? I mean, it's a happily ever after, they will. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But you also have Angel and Ford with this grumpy sunshine type of dynamic between them, and it was a good read. Open door, but skimmable. There's really only one scene that you will have to skip if that's not your jam. This sounds fascinating. I normally would not pick up a book like that. Honestly, it's just not my thing. But the way you describe it, I'm like, okay, I could get into that. Yes. It was good. Again, it's called Whiteout by Adriana Anders. Now, the second one for me in this category is 
This book was hyped a lot. I think it was your awesome of the week. Yep. It's The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. It's a oh good God, one. Book, oh, so good. Yeah. So good. And I feel like this book in particular is so perfect as a starter romance for so many reasons. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. Okay. So we have Olive and we have Adam. Now, Olive needs to convince her best friend that she's dating someone new so that her friend won't feel bad about pursuing a relationship with Olive's ex. Mm-hmm. So Olive ends up asking a graduate professor in her department to pretend to be her boyfriend. It's a little bit romance reasons-esque. Like, they, they uh, end up <laughs> getting caught together in a hallway and in a moment of panic kisses him. But yep. it works out, right? <laughs> yeah, and it should be noted, too, that Olive is a graduate student herself. She's not like an 18-year-old undergrad who's, you know... There's no consent and weirdness issues going on is what I need to say. Yes, which is actually what I was going to say next. Oh, okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to steal your thunder. No, 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 quite all right. This book has tropes that I love, but in a really good introduction type of way. Yes. So that would include age gap, but it's not an icky age gap. Right. Since she is in graduate school. It also includes fake relationship, which I absolutely adore. It's also a teacher-student trope, but technically, he's not her professor directly. He's just within the department. So there's a lot of ways that you could, like, ease any discomfort that, as a romance reader, you might have about either the age gap trope or the teacher-student trope. It's a real gentle, real gentle journey into those really popular and common tropes in romance. Now, unfortunately, there is miscommunication as a big part of the plot line where you just please talk to each other. But the author makes up for it by throwing in the only one bed trope. And so all is forgiven, truthfully, (laughs) because I love thousand percent when (laughs) when Olive and Adam show up at the hotel and there's only one bed and they have to share. Oh, my goodness. What's going to (laughs) happen? I tell you what's going to happen. And it's going to happen for a really long time. Like, there's only one big scene in this book, but you're going to have to flip lots of pages. It goes on for pages. Yes, 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 yes. yes. (laughs) So there you go. It's skimmable, but you're going to have to skip a whole chapter. (laughs) Yeah. And I like that this one, too, has a lot of sexy banter in it. I think I loved this book. And just side note, I love to hold this book up as an example of why you may think you know what fan fiction is about, but you don't really know if you haven't been reading modern fan fiction because The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood was originally a piece of Star Wars fanfic that Allie had published and an agent found her and was like, hey, could we rework this, blah, 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 and turn it into contemporary romance. This is why I love fanfic. So much fanfic that I love reads like a contemporary romance, complete with the completely unrealistic idea of her grabbing a graduate professor and kissing him in the hall. That's such a fanfic thing to do as well. But I love this book. It is so sweet and so good and definitely one of my favorites that I've read in the past year. So I'm so glad it was on your list for the starter pack. I love it. It's perfect starter pack book. Okay, I have three spicy but skimmable. So I'm going to try to move through these pretty quickly. The first one is the other historical romance that I've read. Remember, there was two. (laughs) So I put them both in the starter pack. For those of you who already like historic fiction, maybe you might like some historical romance. We'll find out. Rebecca, I know you've read this one, and I know you didn't like it as much as I did, and that's okay. I forgive you. It's fine. But this is Dreaming of You by Lisa Claypas. So Lisa Claypas is a prolific historical romance writer, very well known in the community. This book came out in June of 2015. And it's about the story of Sarah Fielding, who is a very prim, very proper, very well-bred woman in England. She's also a writer, and she's really trying to make her way as a writer, even though in the era in which she lives, which I want to say is mid-1800s-ish in England, you know, it's expected that she's just going to settle down and get married and not have a career as a writer. Well, she frequently goes into London for research purposes and also romance reasons, as it turns out. But one of these trips into London, she comes across this man that's being attacked in an alley. She happens to keep a pistol with her as a safety precaution. So she grabs her pistol and shoots at the men who are attacking this man because she feels bad and she's like a good human. So she shoots at them and they run away. 
Well, the man that she has saved from being attacked is one of the most probably well-known romance heroes of the modern era, especially if you read romance fiction, and that is Derek Craven. So Derek Craven is a man who has risen from poverty. He was literally born in the sewer, and now he has become the wealthy owner of London's most exclusive gambling house. Well, after Sarah saves Derek's life, their lives are kind of intertwined, and Derek is immediately captivated by her charm and her intelligence and her innocence, and their romance, and it sort of unfolds from there. There's lots of high society, manners-driven drama and interaction between the two of them. I think this book is very sexy, and I do think there are some pretty explicit sexual moments in the book. And Rebecca, you can correct me if you even remember reading this. I think it is to the point, though, that you can easily skip through the very sexy stuff. Like the bulk of the story is the character development of Derek and Sarah, and especially how their romance unfolds. So I love this one. I think this is a great starter for historical romance. And again, Lisa Clayposs, and especially her male heroes, are very well known in the romance community, Derek Craven probably being one of the most famous ones. So you can read it and see if you're into his. He's definitely an alpha male, but definitely the grittier, you know, makes worse decisions kind. (laughs) That's for sure. I think one thing about this book is that there is a lot of external plot points, like external plot that's going on. It's Mm -hmm. not just all internal processing of how do I feel about this person? Mm -hmm. Am I falling in love? There's like other outside drama that's taking place, which I think makes it like a really good starter pack book. Yeah. Okay. The next one on my spicy but skippable list is from Christina Lauren. Christina Lauren, we've talked about this at length in our sort of spicy romance novel series. But if you're not familiar with Christina Lauren, they are a writing team two women who write under the pen name Christina Lauren. They have written so many books, so, so many books. This is first of two that I put in the starter pack from Christina Lauren because I love their books. This is The Soulmate Equation. They're my favorite. Yes, they're so great. I had to like restrain myself from not just filling up the whole list and making this a Christina (laughs) Lauren starter pack. (laughs) Ooh, part two. (laughs) Well, this is The Soulmate Equation. This came out in May of 2021. And I think similar to The Love Hypothesis, if you like a sciencey kind of nerdy approach to storytelling and to the characters, I think you'll really like this one. This tells the story of a single mom named Jess Davis. And she is a statistician. Like she's super into statistics and numbers and number crunching. That's like her world. What she's not into is trying to find a new man. She did not have a good relationship with her dad. The relationship with her daughter's father is, has fizzled out over time. And so she's really thrown herself into her work, but she is a little lonely. Well, she hears about this DNA-based matchmaking company called Genetically. And their whole premise is that you can find your soulmate through DNA. And so this really perks up Jess's ears because she's into math and statistics and numbers and understanding how the probability of this could possibly work. Well, just kind of on a whim and under pressure from her best friend, Fizzy, who's one of the best characters, one of the best side characters that I've come across. I love Fizzy. She goes ahead and submits her DNA to be tested. It comes back with a 98% compatibility with someone else whose DNA is in the database. And that's genetically's founder, Dr. River Pena, who is very sexy, but they definitely start out at odds with each other. So there's like a hint of enemies to lovers, although the enemy part doesn't last that long, I don't think. So here they have this quote unquote diamond pairing that could completely launch genetically into the stratosphere in terms of making it as this matchmaking company. So the story unfolds from there. Should they, will they get together because they have this diamond pairing? Does your DNA determine who you're going to get along with? I love how it kind of plays with the idea of how much, like who we end up with, how much of it is chance, how much of it is choice. Mm-hmm. It's just really fascinating, but the romance is really sweet and really good. I love the fact that this features a single mom because it plays in, you get to meet her whole support system 
and how difficult it can be for her as a single mom, but the support she has through her best friend and her grandparents, the complications that having a kid can add to dating. I just thought it was so fun, very sexy. I think there's at least one really specific sex scene. But again, I think it's pretty skippable. You will definitely still get the main gist. Although Fizzy, her best friend, is a romance writer, which I thought was really fun for Christina Lauren to do. And so she talks about sex, and there's a lot of sexual innuendo all throughout the book. So I would not say this is PG or PG-13 by any means, but the sexiness, the actual sexiness on the page, you could easily skim through. But did you like this one too? I did. It is such a fun concept for a book. I just really loved this idea of like a scientific match. Yes. Yeah. Really fun and really interesting to think about. Okay. I have a paranormal romance for you for this spicy but skimmable. Paranormal romance in the romance world can be anything from werewolves and vampires to aliens. Literally, I'm not kidding. Aliens, angels and demons. It covers a whole bunch of stuff. (laughs) I like paranormal stuff. And so it's natural that I have enjoyed some paranormal romances. This one came out in November 2018. It's called Sword Heart. It's by T. Kingfisher. It tells the story of a middle-aged woman named Hala. She kind of has a complicated family history where she was married to a man who was wealthy, but he died. She's a widow now, and she's been living in the family estate called Rutgers Howe with her deceased husband's relatives. And she'd been taking care of his great uncle Silas, who has recently passed away as the story opens. Silas unexpectedly left all of the property to her. But then the remaining relatives are furious about that. They lock her in her room until she agrees to marry one of the cousins so that the family property doesn't get out of the family hands. Again, romance Mm, reasons. mm -hmm. Yeah, romance reasons. (laughs) Yes. Hala is so depressed and so sad about being locked in this room. She cannot think of how she's going to get out of this. And so as the story opens, she's decided that she's just going to end her own life. And to do so, she pulls a sword off of the wall. When she does that, Rebecca, there's a sparkling blue light. A man appears in armor. And this man is Sarkis. He is a man slash being who has been enchanted into the weapon for hundreds of years. And he is sworn to loyalty to whoever has the sword, which in this case is Hala. So what launches from here is that he pledges an oath to Hala to help her figure out how to get out of this situation with the family, not marry the cousin that she doesn't want to marry. And guess what? They fall in love along the way. So yeah, it's definitely paranormal romance because he's not exactly like a human being in this, but there's definitely a, a happy ending. What I really loved about this book is that Hala is not your traditional romance heroine. She's older. She's not like all thin and conventionally attractive. She's just like a normal woman. And a lot of times our romance heroines are much younger, but she's solidly middle-aged. She's so funny. And their banter back and forth, like the differences in understanding how things are done based on modern time, as opposed to when Sarkis was alive. It's just all very funny. This book is really long, and there's a ton of world building. The author, T. Kingfisher, has created this whole fake religion system. You meet the priests of it. Okay, It sounds kind of boring on the surface, but the way that the author creates it is so fascinating. And if you like fantasy stuff with a lot of world building, and maybe want some romance thrown in on the side, this would be the perfect book for you. Again, it's called Sword Heart. It's by T. T. Kingfisher. Okay, there's the sound that makes any business owner smile. It's the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources that were once reserved for big business, but now upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere. They can synchronize online and in-person sales and 
effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. You know, we love supporting small businesses here at Sorta Awesome, and I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. This is Possibility, and it's powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash awesome. That's all lowercase for a free free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash awesome right now, shopify.com slash awesome. Friends, if you have pets, you know they are truly part of the family. My dad has three cats and he fusses over them like they were his actual children. And he was telling me the other day that his long-haired cat had a really terrible upset tummy the other night. And he was so frustrated that it was after his vet's office had closed for the day. Moments like that is exactly why Fuzzy exists. Fuzzy is a telehealth service for pet parents that offers 24-7 access to personalized pet care from veterinary professionals. From everyday questions to middle-of-the-night emergencies, Fuzzy has the answers that pet parents need. Through live chat and virtual vet consultations available to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, Fuzzy can answer your pet questions, big and small, urgent and everyday. Fuzzy can also recommend the exact right products for your pet, all of which are handpicked by their established team of veterinary professionals and available at discounts exclusive to Fuzzy members. So from getting your pet's diet just right to meeting their middle-of-the-night needs to finally figuring out what makes their breath smell that way, nothing is too big or too small for a quick Fuzzy call. Right now, Fuzzy is offering you awesomes a free seven-day trial membership. Just go to yourfuzzy.com slash awesome today to sign up. That's a free seven-day trial and access to exclusive member discounts on pet meds, supplements, food, and more at yourfuzzy.com slash awesome. Again, yourfuzzy.com slash awesome for your free trial of Fuzzy with access to 24-7 personalized pet care and vet-recommended products. Okay, That leaves us then with our spicy among spices, our wide open door romances. Get ready. Buckle up, everybody. Get out your library hold (laughs) list and get ready to get some new books to get you through a steamy summer with some spicy books. Rebecca, what do you have on your wide open door list? Okay, so books that maybe are maybe not quite as skimmable. I mean, they might be skimmable. They might be. Mine are not. (laughs) Mine are fully like you're in it. And if you try to skim, you've got one page of text. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, my first one, it might be skimmable. Okay. So in the last category, those books I knew for sure only had one scene. These books all have multiple scenes. Okay. So the first one is The Royals Next Door by Karina Hale. And in this book, we have Piper and Harrison. Piper lives in a quiet small town without much excitement in her life until British royals move in next door. Not only is her life suddenly more exciting because of the royals, but she can't deny her attraction to their brooding, sexy bodyguard, Harrison. Stop it. A bodyguard? Mm -hmm. Stop it. I love a bodyguard story. This book is great for anyone who has a love for the real royal family, as it is clearly inspired by Harry and Meghan. It's like Mm -hmm. Harry and Meghan moved in next door to her. Plus, you throw in a grumpy but irritable bodyguard, and what is there not to love? So this book, The Royals Next Door, written by Karina Hale, she also has several other steamy books that I have loved, including A Nordic King which is a non-icky age gap romance between a king and his new nanny and not at all skimmable. So there's a bonus (laughs) one for you. Not at all skimmable. The Royals Next Door may be still slightly skimmable. My next book is The Takeover by T.L. Swan, in which we have Claire and Tristan. They both work for competing media companies in New York. They first meet because Tristan is interested in acquiring Claire's company But when they meet to discuss it, Claire is 100% not interested and is actually quite offended by the offer. The reason why Claire is so hesitant is because she's been struggling for the last five years to keep her media company afloat. 
It previously had been run by her late husband, and she is desperately trying to keep his dreams alive. Claire ends up going to a conference in France and is surprised to see Tristan as a speaker at the conference. One thing leads to another, and they end up having an amazing time together. Wink, wink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when they return to New York, Claire does not have an easy life for Tristan to insert himself into. She's a widow with three boys who are not exactly well-behaved. He is pure alpha male, millionaire for sure. And just when I started to think, wait, isn't she a widow? Like, are they going to talk about, is she just like, okay? Is this not a big deal to her that this is her first relationship after her husband's death? Just when I was like, oh, wait, when are we going to talk about that again? Boom. It hits the fan. She really is grappling with some major issues of grief. So you have these issues of grief. You also have the issues of possible like blended family issues. Mm -hmm. I cried at one point during the book. I just thought it was so good. And one of the things that I loved about it was the way that Tristan, once he comes around, the way that he really interacts with her kids. There's just something so beautiful about it. I also really love that he has a potty mouth and is constantly swearing in front of the kids. And she has, they're like teenagers, okay? They're not toddlers. But he's constantly swearing and she's constantly like, Tristan, your language, please stop. And he's like, F this. (laughs) I don't know. There's just something really endearing about the way that he goes from being one of the most eligible bachelors to just completely falling for this woman who has a lot that could be considered baggage. Really. Yes. It is such a beautiful story. Again, it's oh. called The Takeover by T.L. Swan. And it's part of that series, the one where I said at the beginning of the episode that I couldn't remember the last one, even though I just read it. This is book two. I've read the whole series which I don't normally do with romance, to be honest. And I recommend them all. Even the one I couldn't remember, I remembered eventually. Yes. <laughs> and I would recommend them all, but this one was my favorite. And then my last one is a has a bit of a sci-fi twist. So if you're looking for something non-rom-com, it is Parallel and the book Intersect by Elizabeth O'Rourke. Because this is a cliffhanger What's that called? Sequel. Like, there's a sequel. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. a cliffhanger. You have to read both. Okay? Yes. Mm-hmm. So this has a bit of a sci-fi twist. Quinn is living a really good life. She's engaged to a man that she loves, but she keeps dreaming about being married to someone else. And then the crazy part is that the dreams just feel so incredibly real, so much so that she starts to grieve the husband of her dreams. Hmm. This book ends in a cliffhanger. I really can't say more. But it ends in a cliffhanger, so you definitely want to read the second book. It's parallel and intersect. The sexual attraction is a really big plot point in this book. So again, this is not skimmable. And I will warn you that there is a book three and four in the series, but they're not so directly connected. I honestly would skip them unless you're looking for a darker romance. They get quite murdery. Oh. Yeah. It's like a different vibe. And that might be your vibe, but... I would read book one and two. I would skip book three and four if you're not really feeling murdery. Okay. <laughs> Again, All it's right. Parallel and Intersect by Elizabeth O'Rourke. Okay, we have covered so many books. If you're still listening and you're wondering, okay, this all sounds interesting, but where's the really, really hot stuff? I have two recommendations for you. These are both so sexy and in different ways. The first one is a very contemporary romance again, by Christina Lauren. This is one of their earlier books. In fact, this is from May 2014. And it's called Sweet Filthy Boy. Have you read this one? Mm. Okay, so they have almost an erotic type series. And yes. That was one of some of their really, really early stuff. And yes. I'm working my way through it. I don't think I've gotten to that one, but I have okay. read a couple in that series. This book is so sexy. And I listened to this on audio. And I would be like going about my daily life listening to this book and my cheeks would just be on fire because it was so hot, so sexy. And I'm like, life is going on all around me. And this story is just, (laughs) wow, it is so spicy. Okay, so this is a um, accidental marriage story. Okay, so Mia is our main character. She is a recent college graduate. She's very straight-laced. 
she's had some trauma in her past to where she lives a very safe, very straight-laced life. She has just graduated college. She's expected to go to business school in Boston, but she and two of her friends go on a girls' weekend to Vegas. And while they're in Vegas, they have a big time partying. She meets a man named Ansel Guillaume, an attorney from France. They, again, out partying everything. They end up spending the night together. They wake up in the morning, wake up married is the story here. shoot. (laughs) (laughs) So Mia decides, even though this is not her typical thing, that she's just going to be wild and spontaneous. And she decides instead of just immediately going and getting their marriage annulled, that she's going to go with him. He invites her to. She doesn't invite herself. He invites her to come back to Paris with him for the summer. He's like, we had such a great time together. I would hate to lose track of you. I mean, he basically kind of, he doesn't talk her into it, but he makes it appealing. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to. And so they go back to Paris and settle in for the summer. Rebecca, there's so much sex. Like they have sex a lot as newlyweds are prone to do. And it is all very hot. But then these complications start to come in, of course, because it can't just be woke up, married, and then happily ever after, right? There's got to be some tension. And so there's like these little hints of things that you get as the reader along the way of like, what is Ansel's story? Why is he so mysterious about this part of his life? What's going to happen with her? Is she going to go back to Boston? Is she going to go to business school? And they have given themselves the summer... But as the end of the summer comes along, you know, they have to kind of decide what are they going to do? I love this story so much. I love Mia and Ansel together as a couple. You really see Mia grow as a person, as a young adult, trying to make decisions for herself outside of her very overbearing father. The dynamic between the two of them is so believable. And again, it is extremely, extremely hot if you are interested. I loved listening to this book because since he is French, there's a lot of French interwoven into it. I don't speak any French, but to hear somebody who does speak French narrate the book made it all the more charming. This is the perfect hot, steamy summer listen, I think, or read it, if especially if you're proficient with French. If that's not a big part of the book, but it adds to it, I think. So I really, really loved this one. And you're right, it is one of the series that Christina Lauren did called Sweet Filthy Boy. The series is, I can't even remember what the series is called off the top of my head. But I think this is the first one in the series, maybe. Mm, I'm not sure. I don't know. But they do okay. have, they have some quality ones in their backlist. That's for sure. My friend Lee Kramer, who reviews many, many, many romance novels on her social media, she did tell me that Christina Lawrence started out with very, very spicy, explicit stories, but over time, they've really tamed down and become a lot more like fade to black and not exactly closed door, but they've really gone a different direction. So I thought that was really interesting. Okay, you guys, this is it. If you're still listening, just be prepared. This book is illegal. (laughs) Illegal? It's not literally. But this book quite possibly crosses the line from spicy romance novel to erotica. I'm just going to say it. It's extremely challenges your boundaries, what you thought you would read in a book. Or for me anyway. Bring it on. What is it? The name of the book is Her Soul to Take. It's by Harley LaRoe. And it came out in April 2021. Yes. (laughs) It tells the story of Ray, who is just a totally normal girl. She's actually really obsessed with the supernatural. She runs a YouTube channel that features her exploits searching for ghosts and anything that's just kind of supernatural. Well, an opportunity comes up to explore the dark past of the town that she lives in now. She doesn't even know how dark the past is. And she especially doesn't know that her own family's history is tied up in that dark past. I would say this is like borderline also dark romance, not just like tiptoes into erotica but definitely a dark romance book okay i've looked it up on amazon already there's skulls on the cover so there's skulls on the cover (laughs) yes dark romance for sure then we have leon leon is a demon who has been held captive for centuries (laughs) he's been captive to this one family he hates it But there's this magical book out there that contains his true name. And until he can discover that or find where that book is, he has no control over himself. 
And so over time, he's become this very dark, very twisty, well, demon character. And so the family that he has been captured by, they set their sights on Ray because of her family's history. Like, it's all complicated in here. And so then there's this tension, like he's supposed to get her, but then he ends up falling for her. And so you've got the characters, you've got the loosely the plot. There's a ton of world building in here. But when I tell you guys the level of spiciness, it truly does go into some erotica territory. There's definitely BDSM. There's very twisty stuff. There's some kinks that I was like, I didn't know this was thing <laughs> well you, what you're not up on all the demon kinks no I'm not shocked. up on the demon kinks <laughs> but i am now <laughs> i know this is a starter pack okay and i know you're like this is too intense for someone who's just barely into romance no this is advanced level but if you're listening to this and you've been thinking oh these sound sweet these sound good but i want something that's like gonna be like really wow if you're ready and don't say i didn't warn you but if you're ready you should check out her soul to take because it's actually i mean sex scenes aside it is an interesting idea i feel like within the world of supernatural things there's only so much you can play around with the different mythologies and different characterizations within that. I thought this was a really interesting take on it. And it's very, very sex oriented. So if you're looking for something real steamy this summer, you got that. Okay, Rebecca. Oh my gosh. This was so much book talk. Who knew we had so many words about romance novels? We Come on. We knew. We knew. <laughs> we knew. Before we started recording, I told Kyle, I was like, I'm going to be in here for a while. This is going to be a long one. <laughs> Don't be concerned. All right, Rebecca, if people want to find you to talk about romance novels, to give you recommendations, to ask for recommendations, or just talk about anything, where can we find you all around the web? My website is simplyrebecca.com, and my favorite place to hang out on social media is Instagram at simplyrebecca. Okay, you can find me on social media at Sorta Awesome Meg. You can find Sorta Awesome wherever you look on social media. Just search us for Sorta Awesome, and you'll find us there. Oh, this has been quite the journey. I hope you have a summer filled with wonderful reading in the romance realm. We would love to hear all about it. Tag us, hashtag sort of awesome on social media. And so we can find you on there. Awesome. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see y'all next time. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.